Welcome to the Side Hustle Project, a podcast where we explore the nitty-gritty details behind what it takes to start and grow a profitable side hustle. I'm your host, Ryan Robinson, and in this podcast, I'm bringing you interviews with entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, CEOs, investors, and people just like you who are building and profiting from interesting side hustles. In today's episode, we're talking to Selena Sue, one of the most well-connected entrepreneurs I've had the pleasure of meeting. In 2012, Selena transitioned from earning just $42,000 a year at her full-time gig doing public relations to soon earning well over $300,000 a year in 2014, running her own coaching, consulting, and online course business. Today, Selena has grown that business well into the seven figures, and Selena credits much of her success to building meaningful relationships with several of the top leaders in the world of entrepreneurship, including people like Adam Grant. Danielle Laporte, Ramit Sethi, Derek Halpern, and Marie Forleo. No small feat, especially since she considers herself quite the introvert. Now, Selena is focused on growing her business that's comprised of a combination of mastermind events, digital products, and coaching sessions designed to help online business owners take their growth to the next level. In this episode, Selena and I talk about how she made the leap from working a draining day job to earning well over six figures in her very first year of self-employment. We dive into her incredible sales process that's helped her to land dozens of five and six figure consulting gigs with the world's top entrepreneurs, growing her business well into the seven figures. We cover the importance of continually investing in your own skills and education, scaling a coaching business beyond just yourself, her best advice for landing publicity, positioning yourself as a premium service and course provider, and so much more. As always, you can find everything we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at ryrob.com slash podcast. That's spelled R-Y-R-O-B dot com slash podcast. Let's get into today's interview with Selena Sue. Selena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm pumped to talk to you. You're someone that, um, you know, you and I have a lot of mutual friends with. Um, and so I've seen you for years and years and years, but some reason um, we've just never connected. So this is great. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot of people that like I, you know, I feel like we should be connecting. Like I admire them from afar. I see that we've got mutual friends, but I also trust that when we do connect, it will be the perfect time. Um, and so, you know, I see this is like the perfect time. So I'm glad that we're talking now. <laughs> I like the way you think. Um, so Selena, the first question I want to ask you um, is one that I ask all my guests here on the show to kick things off. So first up, um, what what book are you reading right now? Or what maybe has been a favorite of yours recently? Yeah, no one has asked me that question. You know, they've asked me favorite books, but not the book I'm reading right now. Um, So I've been reading Crazy Rich Asians. And the movie Mm -hmm. for the book just came out. And I don't know, I think it's really significant to me. I'm half Chinese, half New Zealander. And I think it's a huge deal that there's a, you know, mainstream film with Asian characters. And it's such a great film. And it like breaks a lot of stereotypes. And I think it has, you know, a chance to be like a a major, major success. So yeah, that's, that's the book I'm reading right now. (laughs) <laughs> it's also on my list. I've been seeing everyone with it, especially in airports. <laughs> yeah, I know that's where I got the book. <laughs> How funny. Man, well, okay, Selena, we're here to talk about you. Um, so, you know, I actually really like your story. I remember coming across your your website or some sort of, you know, webinar that you were doing maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and for the, for those listening today that aren't as familiar um, with your work as I am, can you take us back to, you know, maybe the pre- 2010 Selena and tell us about what you were doing before you went to business school and what, you know, motivated you to originally sort of go for a career change. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Before business school. 
So, yeah, I mean, for my whole life, like I've always been driven to help people and make a difference. I've just, you know, I have that yearning to do meaningful work and, you know, have my life be meaningful. And so right before business school, I was working in a nonprofit and I was making about $42,000 a year. And in some ways it was my dream job and I learned so much there, but I also had hit this ceiling where I didn't see myself growing. They also didn't want to give me more money. <laughs> and, um, and I was, you know, yearning for something more. And I ended up going to business school and, you know, because I wanted to figure out my life and that's what people do sometimes, right? It's like, okay, let me escape. Let me go to business school, though it's a very expensive way to escape. Um, but it gave me the time and space to explore different passions of mine, to build relationships with people. And um, when I was at business school, I interned for this entrepreneur and she had built a you know, multi-million dollar media company and was starting a new one. And I was very involved. I was like her right hand person doing a lot of biz dev and also um, ops work. And I began to see myself in a new way. I used to think of myself as just that underpaid nonprofit employee who you know, could be doing more. I had like high standards for myself and my boss was also, you know, um, had very high standards. But then, you know, working this internship, I was like, wow, I can really add value to businesses at this level. And I started to, you know, see myself as an entrepreneur. Additionally, I um, developed a relationship with Ramit Sethi, who's one of my favorite people. And at the time he was my, you know, absolute number one, you know, favorite blogger. And I was walking home from my summer internship and I saw him on the street. And a lot of people, you know, when they see the person like they admire so much, they like run away or they just get scared and freeze up. And for me, I just knew like, I don't know if I'm ever going to see him on the street again. So let me just go up and introduce myself. And I did. And we really hit it off. I um, said to him, you know, he was talking about how he had just come back from a cruise with his parents and two sisters. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, and I, I said something that he was like, well, how did you know, like, all that about my two sisters. And I was like, oh, you know, in chapter seven on savings, you talked about how they both had East Coast and West Coast weddings. And he was just floored. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that has been kind of critical to my success and also what I really help others with is like building those meaningful relationships with people who can help you reach your goals faster. And I call those people influencers. And Ramit was one of my big inspirations and influencers and I think because I was so familiar with his work and I could specifically talk about how it impacted me, um, you know, he became more curious about me and I started going to his local New York meetups and finding different ways to add value, like connecting him to different media people um, and giving him feedback on things and joining all his courses and being a star student. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, you know, those experiences that I had while I was in business school um, got me to start thinking as an entrepreneur. And when I had people that I admired so much believe in me and see my potential, then I was like, okay, I can do this. But I, I wouldn't have seen that just, you know, on my own. <laughs> First of all, that is actually extremely ridiculous that you just happened to run into Ramit, you know, this this person who's really big in, in, in our space. But on top of that, you, I, what I really liked is that you highlighted how much you did know his body of work, right? And, and you respected yep. the relationship building component of it. You weren't immediately like, oh my gosh, you're this famous blogger, you know, can I write for your site? Or, you know, what can you do for me? It started out, it sounds to me like a, a very natural sort of uh, potential friendship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was definitely a little bit 
you know, starstruck in the moment. And I think, you know, but I made the most of the opportunity. I introduced myself. Like I can, I imagine that there may be some people listening to our interview, Ryan, and saying, well, I'm not as lucky as Selena. I'm not going to be walking down Main Street and then there's my favorite influencer. But that's not really the point of the story. <laughs> the point is that, you know, we all have opportunities to connect with the people that we admire, whether we're going to a conference and there is a speaker there, or maybe our friend knows someone or whatever it is. But oftentimes, we don't take advantage of the opportunities in front of us. We just shy away, you know? So like one of my biggest philosophies is don't wait for opportunities, create opportunities. And part of creating opportunities is, you know, going up and introducing yourself, getting yourself on their radar, getting to understand these people's needs and figuring out how can I contribute to their most important goals. So um, a story that I like to share and I came up with an analogy is, you know, I always think about like busy people, busy influencers, like a train and they're on a track and they've got this end destination in mind. They're going full speed ahead and the train will open up its doors for a few moments to let people on the train, but then the doors close and they go full speed ahead. And I find that a lot of people, you know, when they meet an influencer or whoever it is, they, you know, they get so excited and they try to like, pull the train off the track essentially and be like, Oh, come here, do this or whatever it is, rather than being like, let me jump on the train um, and help this person reach their end destination faster. So I've been very focused on, you know, with the people that inspire me, developing a meaningful relationship, being proactive, and then also figuring out how, how I can support them with their goals. And then I become someone who is like, a valuable person in their network versus someone who is, you know, it's all about me or trying to pull them in a different direction. I love that. Provide value first, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's simple, but sometimes, you know, um, common sense is not always common practice. Yeah. I mean, it's also one of those things that you can read is, you know, a million times or hear it on a podcast a million times. But when it comes to actually keeping your cool and, and implementing it, it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, Selena, jumping ahead now, um, you know, you've graduated from... NYU's MBA program, um, did you instantly kind of launch into your own business after you started, after you ended this internship rather, um, or did you take some sort of full-time job, you know, in between? Yeah, I actually transitioned right into having my own business. So um, not everyone knows this, but I've been in the U.S. on visas since 1996. So what is that? Like over 20 years now. Um, and, you know, I wasn't sure if I could stay in the U.S. Um, like working for myself or starting my own business. I thought I had to find an employer, but I later realized that um, I had this one year kind of working visa that you get, like it's part of the student visa. You get one year to do whatever you want and you can even have your own company. Um, and later I was able to figure out how to kind of make that work so that I could, you know, continue to be a business owner and have, you know, without getting a green card or that kind of thing. Um, so I think it was maybe about six months before I graduated that I started to realize that. And, um, you know, through Ramit and through just other people I had helped with to uh, helped in big ways, like Danielle Laporte and others, I got connected to Marie Forleo and built a relationship with her. And um, she was really enthusiastic about all the things I was doing. And I started to be like, okay, if Ramit is like super 
enthusiastic and believes in me, my potential. Marie does. Danielle Laporte. I mean, these are the people that years ago were like my, you know, and they still are. I admire them so much, but they were, you know, idols to me. I would be, you know, in bed on my computer watching every video, reading all the blog posts and be like, oh my gosh, they're so cool. And like the way that they're inspiring and helping people and they have their dream life. And now I was in some small way, like a part of their world. And they saw that potential for me. Um, that really gave me the confidence to start my business right after, you know, graduating from business school. I love that. Do you remember who your very first client was? I do. Yeah. So actually one of my first, yes, my actually very, very first client for my new business, you know, S2 group, that was somebody who I met in a um, online course, Facebook group called Creating Fame. So it was a program that Laura wrote around. I don't think she has a program anymore. And there was someone in the group, I mean, I guess I was just sharing what I did and someone was like, I want to work with you. And she became my first official client and she, she was awesome. Um, so yeah, that was my very first one. And I guess, you know, to take a quick step back, um, can you explain, you know, what exactly your business was at the beginning, at least, you know, yeah. it's grown and evolved since then. Yeah, 100%. So, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to elevate people who were doing amazing work um, because I had been impacted by all these different thought leaders and coaches um, because I had suffered with anxiety and depression. And I, I just, like, for me, I kind of got out of that place by um, finding these people who were, like, role models to me. Um, and I realized that people didn't just need, like, more information. They needed inspiration. These role models embodied, like, this new possibility for people. So, um, you know, I was really inspired to help individuals get more attention, get more publicity. And so when I first started my business, I had kind of more of a traditional PR business offering services um, like publicity, you know, consulting and outreach and things like that and, and general marketing. And then I ended up working later with a client who ended up being a little bit of a nightmare client for me that really made me start questioning things and wondering like, do I want to be um, doing this? And um, the good thing is I had invested in a year-long mastermind. I found this coach and it was a premium, really expensive mastermind, but I joined it and it was great because she showed me, you know, a new business model. And so I started doing coaching instead of like full on, you know, every aspect of execution I was taking care of. And then eventually I started a mastermind. I mean, actually pretty shortly after joining that mastermind, because I could see how it worked and how valuable it was. And then um, through my mentor, Ramit Sethi, I learned about how to develop an online course. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, my first launch did extremely well. It's been something that, you know, has been really big for my business and a great way for me to work with lots of people. So now my business is more course-based, but I still have a mastermind and, you know, we've got a, a bunch of other offerings. But yeah, it's really evolved over time and it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah. It's, it's a nice linear progression too, from at least from the outside, right? Like these it things is, always, yeah. they look nice. Um, <laughs> now, if you can remember um, ballpark figure, you know, when you were first starting out with doing coaching, let's say, um, what, what really were you charging clients and, and how did you kind of arrive at that price point for those listening today who may want to do something similar? Yeah. I mean, the very first client, I don't actually remember. I don't know if it was 2000 or 3000 or 5000. Um, so yeah, that was like a project fee. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but with the second client, it was more like traditional PR retainer work. I reached out to people on my network um, who, you know, I went onto LinkedIn to see who was, you know, in the, um, 
public relations and communications field. And I just wrote an email to like, I don't know, like over a dozen people, including people that I hadn't spoken to in, you know, many, many years. And I just said, you know, hey, it's Selena, um, you know, long time to talk. You know, I was thinking about you because I really admire the work that you do in publicity. And I'm actually looking to start my own PR business. You know, I would love to know um, what, how much I should charge, you know, as someone getting started. Um, you know, here's this first client that I'm looking to work with. And um, I would love to hear a range like high end and low end, what you think would make sense. And so I just asked all these people and they all got back to me. And so I had kind of ranges to work with. That's smart. Um, I, I really like your approach for that. It's basically, you know, crowdsource your answer. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause I didn't know what to charge and actually I, um, I made this mistake with one client where, or more than one, but I, you know, I heard what like top people were charging. I just kind of charged the same amount. Um, And, you know, actually two people were like on the verge of signing and and practically said yes. And they had to come back and be like, actually, I don't know, like that's too much. And it was 10,000 a month. Um, But I just got into my head, like, let me charge premium. And I've seen a lot of my students make that mistake and you know I, I've corrected them or try to support them in you know figuring out pricing that does make sense because what happens is you know we look at like the top people in our industry and like oh they're charging that much and I know that I'm going to be like you know so hands-on and give them more time and this and that but it's like they've also been doing this for 10 years 20 years whatever it is you know maybe they have teams supporting them in addition and to, to you know what they're providing and um, you know you kind of have to work your way up and, you know, I pretty quickly learned, okay, that's, that doesn't make sense. I need to adjust the pricing. Um, and later on, you know, I had a business coach who ran a mastermind. And so I would get feedback from her on pricing. But, you know, oftentimes you don't nail it the first time. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's difficult to figure out the right pricing. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, and fast forwarding a bit to, you know, essentially today your business, as you said, is a little bit more course centric than it is say, you know, coaching, um, masterminds, things like that. But if you had to point at something, um, that kind of gives in uh, our listeners today an idea of how you're able to charge, you know, easily into the thousands for your different types of products, your guidance, your masterminds, whatever you want to call it. Um, what would your advice be for, for kind of positioning yourself as a premium, service provider or, you know, premium product? Yeah. I mean, there's so much to say, but in terms of, I guess, some of the most essential things, I think the branding is a really key piece because, I mean, you can charge whatever you want, but it's about getting people to say yes. And, um, you know, you want to position yourself as someone that people, you know, really connect with so that even though there are, you know, a dozen other people that they could easily find that do the same thing as you, they want to work with you specifically, you know? So it's like, you know, you want your ideal clients to have crushes before they even get on the phone with you. You want to like either be on their vision board or like in their bank statement, right? They're like, they're paying you or they're looking to pay you in the future. And so part, you know, that's developing your brand. And I mean, brand, there's many aspects that make up a brand. Um, You know, for me, the, key things that I did that really helped me with my branding um, were one, I um, developed relationships and I added a lot of value to um, people that inspired and admired me. And in the end, they wanted to offer me an endorsement for my business or even send people my way. And so some of the people that I supported early on were people like, you know, um, Ramit Sethi, Marie Forleo, Danielle Laporte. Um, and so I had all their, you know, 
Ramit doesn't offer like written endorsements, but I, you know, he would send people my way and I had, you know, a lot of these big influencers endorsements on my website and a lot of their followers and their students and their mastermind clients would be like, Oh my gosh, like Marie is endorsing Selena. Marie is calling Selena, like, you know, a powerhouse of publicity and marketing genius. Like I need to find a way to work with her. So that was a part of it. And I, you know, continued to, um, you know, with my clients and some of them have become like official clients. I've just been helpful to, um, and also, like, I'm always looking for that next, that person who's going to be, like, the next, you know, big thing um, and kind of make them a star. And so what has ended up happening is, like, a lot of my clients, as I've helped them become a lot more successful, they have wanted to support me in some way, you know, sharing with their audience um, when I've got a program coming up or doing an interview with me or, you know, talking on social media about like the impact I've made in their lives. So, you know, it's those affiliations. So with me, affiliations with people that others look up to has led to me getting a lot of clients. Um, another thing has been publicity. So even early on, like I, you know, got on Forbes and Entrepreneur on Fire and, you know, top business publications, podcasts and so forth. And I do feel like, you know, that is kind of like one of the very fastest ways to get credibility. Everybody understands like, oh my gosh, she's been featured for Business Insider here, there, there. Mm -hmm. It means something to people. And I find myself, like people will sometimes be like, oh, you've got to meet this person. They're a coach. And it's like, like wow, like I'm, you know, indirectly connected to like 50,000 coaches. So, you know, um, just someone being in the same industry is not a compelling enough reason. But I will say like when I go to someone's website and I see that they're being featured in all these places, or maybe I see that there is someone that I admire who's endorsed them or worked with them, I definitely am a lot more curious um, and interested in connecting with them. And so I think it's the same with a lot of, you know, your ideal clients. Um, they're looking to work with the best person. And for that best person, they'll be willing to pay premium. Um, and so I, you know, I added value. I built those relationships. I created results for people early on. And that was that, you know, there's other aspects of branding, but that piece of branding was something that um, I guess I did really well. And that's, you know, really how I grew my business. I love that. I mean, the, the advice you just gave is pure gold. That's essentially do whatever you can to increase your credibility and affiliation with um, those who are more credible also kind of lends credibility in your direction as well. Yeah. And the thing that I'll add to it is like, you know, when it comes to building these relationships, it is kind of like a nuanced thing because on the one hand, you want to be thoughtful and intentional about who you connect with. From the standpoint of, you know, you've got limited time as a person, so you can't be helpful to everyone, right? But also, like, you don't want to be so attached to the outcome or overly strategic and expecting things, you know? Um, but I think because I've really led from a place of generosity and passion and with these people that I reach out to, like, I'm just so inspired by them and the act of being helpful, contributing to their world, helping them reach their goals faster. Like that is the reward. Like I don't need them to do anything for me. I'm honored to be a part of their world. Um, but what does end up happening is when you help people in such a meaningful way, they do want to be helpful to you later. Um, but I just know, you know, I, I mean, I high level, I understand if I help a lot of people, you know, good things will happen to me, but it's not, you know, um, feeling desperate or trying to force anything to happen. Yeah. 100%. I, I would agree with you. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to see, um, see through the, the transactional emails or, you know, phone calls or run-ins that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Like people feel it. It's like an energetic thing. It's just like they don't feel comfortable. And, you know, people, you know, especially people as they get more influential, they've got enough people that kind of see them as like 
a piece of meat or something to get from them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it's like, you know, you have this, you know, kind energy, you're not attached and you just want to be that, you know, helpful. It's like, they feel that difference and they feel more comfortable in your presence. Yes, absolutely. Well, Selena, I want to ask you a couple of my frequently asked questions now. Um, I've designed them to be intentionally short on my end, but your answers do not need to be equally as so. Okay. What would be your number one piece of advice to someone listening today that wants to go out and build their own online course business? Sure. So this may be counterintuitive, but I would say don't start with an online course. You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they think, let me start an online course that is inexpensive and that will make it sell better. Let me get a lot of people in a course. But the thing is, you know, you might need 100 people on your email list for one sale or even 200 people on your email list for one sale. So that's like a 0.5 or 1% conversion rate. You know, that's definitely, I mean, those are numbers that people see in their conversions. Whereas if you get on the phone with someone and you're offering services and you're connecting with them, they share your problems, you're like, yes, I can help you with that. I mean, you get 50% or 70% conversions. And I also find that when you have some one-on-one clients, you've got those case studies, those testimonials, you're able to map out your process. Um, And then you also have that, you know, that cash flow that you can use to fund the online course later. So I would say ideally you don't start an online course until you have at least a thousand subscribers. And even then I would start with a more high ticket program that's group versus, you know, a very um, low ticket, like $49 offering. Smart. I love that. Selena, what kinds of sacrifices have you had to make over the years in order to put enough time and effort into growing your business? Kinds of sacrifices. Um, you know, like I, there have been times where I want to go home more and spend time with my family or, you know, even times where it's like, I wish my day wasn't so packed. I would love to just, you know, have a leisurely like three hour lunch or just relax and not have to worry about the next thing. But I have wanted to, you know, grow my business and it's, it's exciting. Like we're at the multi seven figure mark. Um, you know, eight figures is going to be around the corner, but not unless, you know, we focus on, you know, our goals. So, um, you know, I feel really charged up about, you know, doing those things to reach my potential and help more people. And there are times where I'm like, oh, I wish I could go on this holiday or I wish I could do that. And I'm not able to. The thing is, I still have my holidays in there. I just can't like have as much playtime as sometimes I want. Do you have any particular strategies, tactics, ideas you've tested that come to mind as having ended up being a failure? Yeah. I mean, there's a number of things. I tried doing a giveaway. Um, I know that, who did I see? Noah Kagan. I think he was really successful with doing giveaways to grow his list. And so I tried it and it took a lot of team time to set it up and promote it. And yeah, I mean, we didn't have a substantial number of people join our email list. That being said, it could also have been that I didn't set it up right. I didn't have the right giveaway. So sometimes you have to just try things multiple times until they work. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's one example saying that was not successful for my business. I think also with giveaways, um, the kind of calls into question the quality or the qualification level rather of people that sign up for your list. That's a really good point. Yeah. So it's like, if you know, you're looking to grow your list because you want more people to join your high end programs, you know, the person that wants to opt in for the free iPad, like may or may not be, I mean, most likely is not going to be the right person. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, Selena, this is my last question for you. What's been the best investment you feel you've ever made in the context of growing your business? 
what's been the best investment? Um, financial. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of something that's been really neat, but it didn't really cost money, but like best investment. I mean, I would say it's, you know, working with mentors and like joining masterminds. Um, because when I had my business before, you know, I was, I had a client at $4,000 and then I was like so traumatized by the experience. I would just like turn everyone else away. And, you know, when I joined this mastermind, not only did I have like a coach by my side to let me know like what to do and advise me on all my key decisions, but I had this community of people who were really successful and they were talking about how they're making 10,000 a month, 20,000 a month. And I thought like, oh my God, I'm like last in the class. And like, (laughs) wow, like when could I ever do something like that? But then being around those people, it became like normal and they also supported me. And then I started to reach those income goals and like, you know, surpass them. I mean, I think, you know, our environment is everything and who we surround ourselves in and so just like you know rather than just going about business alone but choosing to be a part of that environment and plugged into that network really helped me and since then I've joined other masterminds programs plugged into different groups of inspiring entrepreneurs um but yeah I mean it really you know and even if I to speak more broadly right it's about relationships with people so yeah that has definitely been the number one thing to grow my business investing in, in masterminds and opportunities to connect with more people yeah. I mean, bringing this conversation full circle, it's all about the relationships. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Selena, thank you for joining us. Can you tell everyone listening today where they can go to learn more about you and everything you're up to? Yeah. So you can go to my website, selenasu.com, S-E-L-E-N-A-S-O-O.com. Um, and on my homepage, you'll see a special gift. And, um, or you can also go to selenasu.com slash VIP video. But I have um, a little training on how to connect with like the biggest deal influencers that you've admired from afar. And I share how I connected with some of my favorite influencers and like specific steps that you can take to grow your, your own network of amazing people. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, Selena, thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of the Side Hustle Project, I would love your support. Head on over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating. And as always, you can catch every episode of the Side Hustle Project on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.